The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's managing editor for jobs and career development. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. If you're in the business world, you've probably heard the acronym OKR. Maybe you've even used them at work. If not, it stands for Objectives and Key Results, and it's just a way to talk about goal setting. Now, setting measurable goals with your team at work makes a ton of sense, but today we're going to talk about how to set smart, trackable goals in your own job search and career using OKRs. To help with that, we have an all-star guest, Jesse Withers, who is a leader in people development at Google and the instructor of this year's most popular LinkedIn learning course called, surprise, Goal Setting, Objectives and Key Results. Jesse joined me on my live show to break down how you, yes you, can use OKRs to put your career on an exciting and measurable track. First off, let's get some definitions down. What is an OKR? For those of you who haven't seen it or aren't familiar, OKRs is a strategic goal setting framework. So it's it's really something to help organizations, teams, and individuals, you can use it at work or in your personal life, to really set thoughtful goals in order to move your life, your team, your work in a certain strategic direction. So it's a framework of how to set those goals using the O, which stands for objective, and then measurable key results, which are the KRs. So that's where you get the acronym. So Jesse, I think the next question is, how can you start setting goals and OKRs for yourself as an individual? Because, you know, we all have ambitions, we all want to do things with our lives. And also, you know, how do you set smart goals? Because not all goals are created equally, and some goals can actually set you up for failure. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And if you can't apply this stuff to your personal life, then then what are we really learning and, and mastering, right? So I think it's really become a superpower to be able to step back and be super clear and crisp about what is and isn't a priority. So this is for leaders and teams, but this is also about parents and caregivers and friends, folks that are juggling a ton of very important things all at the same time. So I think Another element of it is one that folks don't talk about as much. It's it's really also a performance management framework. And when I say performance management, I don't mean just in the formal definition of sitting down with your manager and talking about your performance. I mean, it's really a framework where you can sit down with anyone in your life and get super clear about making sure you're on the same page and rowing in the same direction. And you're really focused on the right problems that are going to move your life in a certain direction. And then lastly, goals and strategic goal setting frameworks help us think big picture, right? They get us out of the weeds. They get us out of our day-to-day and just focusing on our to-do lists, our sticky tabs on our desks, our 
messy jotted down notes every day of, you know, 300 things we want to accomplish. And we usually only get to two, um, you know, it's really up leveling that thinking and getting us clear on our purpose and where we're headed and why. And I think when we do that, we're more fulfilled and we're happier and we're less anxious and we're less stressed. Yeah. And I think especially in the workplace, when you have OKRs or goals, I think one of the biggest benefits of that is you sort of know where your priorities start and end. So actually, when it comes to work-life balance, it doesn't hurt you to have good OKRs or good goals because it actually gives you sort of those boundaries to say, oh, this is Bob's job. (laughs) This isn't mine. Yeah. I guess the, the next question I had is like, once a person sets their their goals, how do they go about reaching them? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. I would start out by really thinking about like having that reflection, like really going inward and thinking about at work and personally, you know, what is going to create impact, like significant change in the world, in my life, and really get away from from table stakes or BAU, business as usual, and and focus on that needle-moving thinking. I think once you're able to reflect on that, take the time and space to do that, you can identify your O's or your objectives, right? So those aspirational areas where you want to focus, those are really your strategic guardrails to make sure you're headed in the right direction and you're, you're super clear and founded in that why. And then where KRs come in, as you mentioned, you know, these are your key results. They're measurable, they're time bound, they're specific. There's no debate on if you've achieved them or not, right? Um, I think a couple of best practices there around key results are are those tangible things about measurement. And then I think there's also some, some intangibles. If you think about like really checking yourself, have I set the right goals? are these the things I want to dedicate my time and energy to? It's those intangibles around like aspiration. Like, are, are you, are you reaching past where you think is possible? Are you stretching for that very audacious goal that scares you a little bit, right? That's a sign of a good goal. Do you have ownership or the ability to impact the goal if that's at work, right? Has this goal just been handed to you and you don't really understand it or have any, you know, stake in the outcome? Or is it something you can really rally behind and and make an impact with? Is it shared? You know, the more people that can contribute to a goal to really increase that impact, the better. And lastly, you know, you have to really care about it. You have to be passionate. I think if you can check your, your KRs and really the structure of the goal around those tangible and intangible factors, I think you'll know you're headed in the right direction. Yeah. And, you know, and one thing that I often tell people is I speak to a lot of job seekers and people who are working on their careers is they want to set those lofty goals, but they have to be realistic about, like you said, can you actually affect change and reach those goals? So I think, you know, the example that's often used in job seeking is a person will sit down and go, okay, I'm going to get a new job. And you know what, I'm going to get five interviews every week. But when they sit down, they realize, okay, I can't really control how many interviews I get because there has to be a recruiter on the other side who's going to be booking those. And they realize, oh, I'm, I'm not reaching that goal. So those are sort of areas where you have to really say, okay, am I actually capable of reaching the goal I set? Otherwise, you sort of set yourself up for failure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's starting with the end in mind. So you give a great example with job seeking, right? Like, if you start, Um, with these really tactical 
you know, I want to have this number of phone interviews. Um, I want to, you know, make sure my progress is, is unfolding in this way every week. Not only do you not have control over that, but it's, it's not really like the why behind what you're doing. Right. So, so one thing I would offer in terms of a tactical strategy around something aligned with job searching is like, think about what those milestones are. Like not only get really clear about your why, what company do you want to work for? What does your career look like? paint a picture, design your O's around that, right? And then back into or reverse engineer those key results. So things that you can measure, things that will help you understand if you've gotten there and why. Because you're going to make really key decisions along that process, right, of, of creating that new career. And then about milestones, what you can do is be really thoughtful about those baby steps, right? I love the quote, you know, you don't just wake up in the morning and bench uh, 500 pounds, right? You have to to every day you have to really piece out, you know, how can I keep building on my progress to get to that end goal? So if you look at a six month job search, you can reverse engineer, here are the milestones I want to be, you know, month by month. And then you have those celebration and those reflection points along the way to really check your progress, make sure you're headed in the right direction, and then also celebrate those small wins. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Jesse dives into tracking goals and what to do when your goals change. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so, we had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. We're back with LinkedIn Learning Instructor, Jesse Withers. Now, the nice thing about regularly checking in with your goals is that you can keep track of whether they're still the right goals for you. But sometimes you'll find that you've changed course and your needs are different. So how can you change your goals when they're no longer serving you? Here's Jesse. It's such a great question. And it's one when I work with teams and organizations that I get a lot, right? Especially in tech um, with these innovative teams, the power of OKRs and how it's used in say engineering or product or UX, like a lot of it is testing out those big ideas, right? Like getting those big, big innovative ideas out of people's heads and into a really clear strategic framework. You can imagine that 
those folks who are creating these big ideas for the first time, um, they, they fail a lot. And that's the point. Like you have to get it down and test it in order to understand if it's an idea worth following through. So a lot of the times when folks set OKRs, they do find that out two or three months in. Either what you're talking about, it's the wrong goal, because I've learned all these other things along the way that actually refute my hypothesis, and this is actually not the goal we should be going after, or the environment changes, right? We are reacting to the market. We're reacting to what's going on in the world, our teams, changes in leadership, hiring, all these different components. So there's lots of reasons to um, change directions. And I would say it's really healthy to do so. In terms of the process, it's really about emphasizing, you know, failing fast and failing smart, like really being able to identify quickly instead of writing the wrong goal out for months and months just because you said it. It's having that agility to to stop and move folks in a different direction. If you have identified that it isn't the right goal, I would just encourage folks in terms of the process to be really communicative with teams about from the beginning, from the beginning of setting that goal. Hey, this is an iterative framework. We're going to learn as we go. Here's what we don't know. Here's the hypothesis we're working off of. And then when you do have to make that change with folks, it's just change management, right? Like we're being really thoughtful about, hey, we've been telling you this. This is what we've learned. This is why we made the decision. And this is why we think it's going to be a better route forward. You know, sometimes you change goals, but sometimes you just don't reach the goals. How do you bounce back from maybe falling short of a goal? That is a phenomenal question. I think one disclaimer is your goals should always be audacious. As I mentioned, they should always be stretched. They should always scare you a little. They should always be that extra 30% of where you really can't imagine get, getting there, right? Like the, for the first time to achieve 70% against a 100% goal is really where you want to be. If you're setting an OKR and you're meeting it every time at 100%, you are setting your bar too low. You're selling yourself short in terms of the progress you can make. So I will start out by saying that. Um, So again, it kind of depends. What are you saying is, is the definition of not achieving that goal? Because I would argue if you've taken the time to design a really strategic goal and you've made progress against that goal in some way, that you have won and that you should be celebrating your achievement because you are farther along than if you didn't set that goal in the first place. Um, And the other lesson I would take away is like this, this is a practice. This is a muscle. Like some folks find this very intimidating and daunting to take on and learn and really implement within their teams and businesses and lives. And that's okay. Like we'll get better with time. I think just like keeping that attitude of like, no time is really lost because you are learning along the way and you are getting closer to where you should be is really helpful when you use frameworks like this. Now, Setting goals is one piece of the puzzle, but setting a goal won't do much for you unless you have a way to track the progress you make towards it. So how can you take stock of how far you've come? It really comes down to the size and scope of your goal, right? Like that's a definite uh, consideration you want to take into mind. It's less about a specific frequency. Like I check in once a week, I check in once a quarter. Again, it's going to depend on how big that goal is, how many folks are involved. 
Um, the key is consistently check in first and foremost. So regularly hold yourself accountable, have others hold you accountable to checking in on that progress. Even if you know you are going into your check-in and you've done nothing, still do it, put a color next to it, give yourself a green. If you've made some progress on that milestone, give yourself a red and celebrate it. If you've made no progress, because guess what? There's a check-in after that where you can make up if you are falling short, um, put it on your calendar, make an appointment for yourself to check in however frequently feels right. All of that is going to help you understand if you're tracking and then identify a baseline, right? If you know where you've started from, even if you don't have that complex data set, but you can kind of gauge what baseline you're moving from, it's much more helpful to look and see, wow, I made a ton of progress in the right direction. Such great advice. And thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us. I think people can see why your course is so popular. You're so wonderful at explaining how to do these. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. That was Jesse Withers, instructor of the most popular LinkedIn learning course this year. Goal setting, objectives, and key results. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday on the LinkedIn news page. And if you liked this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien with help from Gianna Prudenti, Derek Carl, Taisha Henry, and Elias Zavalos. Joe DeGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I am Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck. <laughs>